Hey guys, welcome to this next episode of the YVR Remo Show. This is uh, Alex McFadden from Thrive Mortgage Co. I'm uh, excited. This is my first episode uh, from home, uh, doing this from my home office. And uh, we're doing this big tonight. We're having one of our favorite guests on, uh, Mr. Derek Peaver, all the way from Pitt Meadows in uh, the lower mainland of British Columbia. Derek is an established real estate investor with years of experience and he's going to share with us a little bit about his history in investing where he's at today and a little bit of his story over the last few weeks mr derek peaver welcome to the show sir thank you very much alex i appreciate you guys having me on perfect and we also have my uh, uh my established partner uh dean lawton uh hanging out from it looks like by a fireplace uh if you can, if you're listening to this he is by a fireplace by his house staying warm dean how are you tonight sir I'm doing excellent. Yes, um, I am at home. I've been here for quite some time now, quarantined, but uh, I'm super excited for this episode. Um, just another creative individual that uh, you know you don't get too many opportunities to talk to. So, looking forward to this one. Awesome, guys! Stay tuned. Listen to the episode; it's a banger. You're gonna love it. We'll talk to you afterwards. Make sure to subscribe, hit that like button. We'll talk to you soon. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, a longtime friend of uh, ours at this point now. Um, second time that I've had the opportunity to uh, interview you, totally different situation and a totally new podcast. So really, really pumped to have uh, my man Derek Peaver uh, join us on the show today. Derek, how are you, my friend? Thank you very much, Alex. I'm doing really well, given the, the circumstances, really interesting times. Sure is. Heck of a background you got going on there. We had to point that out before getting into it. What do you, what do you got behind you there, Derek? Oh, that's my backyard view. So I'm I'm working from home as much as possible, and uh, yeah, just at the farm in Pitt Meadows. Good man, being responsible. Uh, I got my co-host with me tonight, uh, Dean Lawton. Dean, where are you? Uh, where are you here tonight, my man? I am. I'm also at home. Uh, been here for 12 <laughs> days, <laughs> and uh, yeah, doing well. I'm doing really well. Looking forward to this one. Fantastic, fantastic. So it's been about a couple of weeks since uh, we've recorded an episode. On the last episode of the podcast that we recorded, it was literally a breakdown. It was our last day in the office, actually. It was a breakdown of the coronavirus, the impact as we knew it at the time. Where we are today has drastically changed um, from then. Uh, if, for anybody listening to this, we're currently at a point where we are essentially uh, self-quarantined and lockdown. Uh, into our homes with with uh, very few exceptions. And you know what, we've been using this opportunity over the past now couple months to really dig deep and figure out, you know, where, where is our business at? Where is real estate at now? And and where are the opportunities going to be? Because the one thing that never stops is is the world just keeps turning and, and business keeps happening. And so there's always going to be an opportunity to help people and serve people and, and do unique things. And one people, one thing we know people are interested in is real estate investing. People are talking about all sorts of different types of investments. Right now, it seems like the hot topic is actually stocks, but we're going to talk about what we know. And that's why we brought Derek on today. So 
Um, Derek, you just came back. We'll, we'll get into a little bit of a backstory on a quick second, but I just want to say you just came back from uh, which city were you in there? Well, uh, and thanks again for having me on, Alex. Always a pleasure. Uh, great to be with you guys, and I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I, I just planned a business trip actually across Canada. It's been a couple of years since we started the suites in Calgary and Winnipeg and Ottawa. And we had planned a, a business trip to do lunch and learn events at insurance companies and realtor brokerages and had a nice trip lined up myself, Stephanie and the baby. And, you know, all this was kind of breaking loose, but we thought, you know, we're, we're making educated uh, decisions and informed decisions and decided at that point to go ahead with the trip very cautiously and we made it to Calgary and you know that's last weekend when really the news started hitting home and we decided at that point to cancel the rest of the trip at Calgary and actually drive back home so you know we're just yeah. worried about getting a little bit too far from home and having runs on the grocery stores and flights canceled potentially and got the other kids at home so just wanted to play it safe and uh, yeah, it was kind of disappointing, but but for the for the best, and and uh, yeah, it was very interesting to see what's going on in Calgary right now. Yeah, so just a little backstory on who you are and what you do and why you were in Calgary. Um, maybe take us for to, through a, a micro a micro breakdown of uh, just kind of what you do, what your company is right now. If you can just introduce your company to everyone. Absolutely. So. Uh, it's Pevercon group of companies. We're a real estate based uh, investing company. And we started off with unfurnished rentals and dabbled in lease to owns and a few other business models before landing on furnished suites, which we learned about at uh, the Real Estate Investment Network many years ago from a lady named Catherine Brooker from Calgary who came out to speak to the BC group. And we basically do furnished and equipped rental accommodations for corporate rentals, uh, insurance claims when someone's had a flood or a fire in their home, and also in-betweeners, somebody that sold a home, the next home's not completed, which they're pretty much non-existent in the market right now. But those are the three peers that we fish off. For anybody who doesn't know you as a, as a person, you've got a pretty cool story. You started off with a, a single unit investment while working full time. I believe you did uh, essentially like a reno and flip type of product. Is that right? Uh, we actually... In the beginning, we did always reno and hold. Uh, okay. We started off very small with a condo in Agassiz for uh, 65000 uh, My second condo was in the same building for 52000 and my third was in the same building for 50000 And each of those deals was a, a four-way joint venture with my best friend, my dad, and his dad. Uh, we got the mortgages, we did the labor, and we put an equal amount of money to uh, dads and, and basically split it four ways. Awesome. Awesome. And now we're here's where we are today. We've got obviously, uh, how many units are you at today there, Derek? You know, I, I'd have to double check, but we're sitting somewhere around 125. We're, 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 sell, we're selling and buying right now, but the chunk coming in is a little bit bigger than the chunk going out. It's a good problem to have, my friend, not knowing the number, not knowing the number. And so, so the reason that we were bringing on, you on today is as not only being an expert in the realm of uh, residential real estate investing, uh, multifamily uh, type of situations, and, and more particularly uh, furnished rentals, uh, you also have your finger on the pulse because this is essentially what you do for a living. This is how you provide for your family. Um, and uh, that, that means that you're someone who knows what's going on. You've got your beat on the ground. So why don't we take a quick dive into 
uh, what's going on across the country right now and what the current climate is has been over the past few weeks as this has been going on, uh, beginning with the, you know, the, the hot market going into the start of the year, uh, the, the sudden dip of interest rates, and now essentially like a stop to real estate sales. What are we seeing? Maybe you can take us through some of the key cities that you're invested in. Sure. Yeah, it's very interesting times and each area is a bit different. And you're talking about, you know, three different things. There's the the resale market, there's the rental market, and then there's the corporate rental market, which is kind of its own animal. And they're all behaving a little differently. I'm, I'm really fortunate to say that um, at Super Suites, our corporate housing is, is responding fairly well to the crisis. Like we got into... Uh, big a big dip that'll explain more it was very scary that weekend we had you know over 12 different postponements canceled booking cancellations um, early move outs and you know we're letting everybody go without the proper notice and no penalties and things like that so it's very stressful and that was actually at at a point where I felt like we were finally starting to make a comeback after what I would call a very long real estate winter as far as the rental market goes, especially on the corporate housing side. So I was pretty you know, disappointed thinking, oh, we're finally filling everything up, getting a comeback, and then this hits and take a couple big steps back. But since then, uh, we've been really lucky to you know, recover to a better position than even before the crisis news really sunk in a, a week ago. But as far as what's going on across uh, the country, you know, 2019 was a very uh, slow year. Uh, it's just regular cycles, like we've been doing this since 2006. So I've seen several cycles and, and you know, I don't uh, necessarily hit the panic button right away. You just work through it. But uh, Calgary's been obviously especially soft on the rental side, but it's such a great buying opportunity. You know, uh, three or four years ago, when the crash happened, I was in some ways very optimistic to jump into the market because I had looked at Calgary in previous years for quite a long time and in some cases developers wouldn't even sell you more than one unit because the market was so hot and and now I'm thinking well this is great you know everybody's uh, scared and and having a hard time which is not great but those are typically time the best times to invest but in hindsight you know we were early so have, having held 15 properties in Calgary over the last three years our goal was 40 it's obviously been very hard to acquire properties in in this environment you know the best times to invest are often the hardest times to raise money so it's kind of counterintuitive to to how you think it would be um it's hard to protect your confidence is a really big point in times like these because you know in order to acquire more properties and grow uh it's hard when you're suffering vacancy and and you know not hitting your targets and in some cases and um, although we know that we're buying at the bottom or near the bottom, and maybe it's come off another 10% in some cases, worst cases from the point that we bought from the earliest uh, three years ago. But uh, we're very uh, excited about Calgary. I think it's for us the big, biggest growth potential and the, and the most buying opportunities. I, I tracked for the longest time the Fraser Valley and the suburbs of Calgary, like Auburn Bay, uh, Southeast Calgary, Northwest Calgary, the most desirable places to invest, in my opinion. And they always tracked very comparable for values and rents for a townhouse, for example. Um, and then I saw that totally decouple over the last three years to a point where in Langley, 
you know, the same property, 700,000 that you can buy for 425,000 brand new in Calgary and get a very similar rent, a software uh, or a higher vacancy, you know, that will, will turn around buying below assessed value, things like that. And right now, three years into it, it's, it's lower than ever. You know, I just look at the stuff, the building that I've stayed in when I was out there, just licking my lips to buy, but you know, can you protect your appetite and your confidence to do that? And, and that reminds me of one of my favorite quotes is Sir John Templeton. He says, you know, to buy when others are despondently selling and to sell when others are avidly buying requires the greatest fortitude or something along those lines. So it's, it's a hard thing to do to be a contrarian, but uh, back to your point on what's going on across the country. I like it. I like uh, it. <laughs> here we go. No, that was, I'm going to jump in there real quick here because uh, I love, I love the free flowing conversation that we've been, that we were having earlier as well. Um, I think you've given us a good snapshot, even just as somebody who might be watching this and, and is just starting on their, their investment portfolio or, or, or maybe they've built, uh, bought a few properties and they've never looked at it from that mindset of how to compare uh, different uh, areas and look, look at it over an extended time frame. I mean, you just mentioned to me that you're, you had a goal, which is a key point of 40, whether or not you got there, you worked towards it. So that was key. The second thing is you had comparables. So you tracked, you were open to looking at different types of options and you were open to adapting if things changed, which was also uh, kind of a key point that I, I picked up there, unless I'm hearing that incorrectly. Um, sorry to interrupt there, by the way. And Dean, I know you have a question to jump in as well. Yeah, just just taking a step back, um, I, I understand that most of your properties are what we would consider short-term rentals. Do you want to maybe just explain a little bit about how you go about filling your units? Because from my understanding, not most of them aren't long-term. They're pretty much primarily short-term, correct? That's correct, Dean. And it depends on your definition of short term, right? So, you know, we're minimum one month. Our average stay is three months for somebody that's had a dishwasher flood or, you know, um, a routine repair. Uh, it takes a month for them to assess the damage, typically get the work done, gets delayed. That's our typical client. Um, the way that we're advertising, and we do have some companies that rent for a year, or if it's a complete loss, like a fire, they could be 18 months or longer. So we do have, we've had one tenant in a super suite for four years continuously who works in the grocery business and comes back and forth from Alberta. So it's not just uh, monthly rentals, right? But the way that we uh, get our clients is, you know, mainly online, like we've had super suites website for many years and worked hard to build that up, get good reviews on Google, Facebook, and it's word of mouth, you know, um, big companies that use us one person at a time, get a good review, spread the word. But if yep. in times where we're hurting and we're suffering vacancy, you know, we, we, we right now have this thing called nights of occupancy with a K and, and all the national partners uh, get on a weekly call and just kind of hold each other accountable and brainstorm new ideas. Like we'll, we'll say, oh, um, this company is renting in Surrey. Uh, they have a demand and then they can look at lookalike companies in their areas, whether it's a certain type of construction company or aerospace or healthcare. So it's all lookalike stuff and you can do a lot of targeted uh, stuff on LinkedIn these days and Facebook with targeting companies and, and people in HR departments, things like that. Um, we do a lot of paid ads on, on uh, Google, on Facebook. Um, you know, we'll go direct. We'll take our trifold folders into the companies. Uh, which wouldn't be so well received right now, 
but uh, we'll go right in and, and talk to the people and, you know, deliver donuts and offer to do lunch and learns has been a really yeah. good thing for me lately. I think one of the interesting things that I, I keep picking up from you here, uh, and there's a lot of things that, that we could probably go on for six hours, let's be honest, but staying on track for the conversation today is, you know, during, and we haven't even got into the COVID crisis too, too much other than just where you're at with it is, is running your real estate investment business like a true business, which is what you've done. And this is how you've got to where you're at today. So for, for anybody who's, who's just starting off with a portfolio, the key here is running it like a business traditionally, masterminding, um, you know, getting together with a group of like-minded people to, uh, to work together and understand and specifically like what, what the same challenges this guy might be having is the same challenges you might be having. And, and what does that look like for your business? And I love, I love, love, love to hear that. And, and I love to hear your mindset on it. I got to do a quick, uh, a quick shout out here real quick. Cause I'm going to crack a beer here. Uh, it's, it is Wednesday night. It's okay. Our guys are at farm country. These guys speaking of small businesses while we're going through this crisis, uh, whether it's, you know, this company or another, uh, these guys here at farm have been uh, massive supporters of our business. And we, uh, we just want to shoot out, shout out to these guys to thank them for the hard work they've been doing in the community. And, and bring us cold beers. So cheers to everybody watching tonight and sorry for the break. Um, on that note, I got to ask you here though, um, when you're talking, and I, I know I'm going a little bit off here, but when you're talking right now, and this is very fresh with your group of masterminds, what are you guys talking about right now as far as your, your portfolios? Are you talking about buying, uh, holding, selling? I mean, I imagine it could be a little bit of both, but where's the mindset right now? Well, we basically are 100% focused on full occupancy. We've been on a, a crazy buying tear uh, for the last few years. I think it worked out to one property every two and a half weeks last year that we bought. So I committed to the team just to, you know, let's fill what we have. Let's have full prolonged full occupancy and, um, you know, get caught up on some checklists and, and file some folders and stuff because we run a really small team. So we haven't bought anything or completed on anything between January and June of this year. And anything that we are buying or completing on now, we purchased a year and a half, two years ago, pre-sale, because that's our business model. That's how we buy is pre-sale condos. So, you know, we stopped, we participated in the boom to the point where we knew that there was instant built-in gains. And then once we felt that it was just getting too frothy, then we stopped before everybody else did. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, the bump that we received on the values came off again. But I, I prepared the partners for that and said, you know, I expect it to come off by the time completion happens in a situation where it's worth five or 10% less than what we paid. Uh, and it shouldn't be any more than that because we're careful about, about this, but, um, you know, we're, we're long-term holders. So we find a way to close on it, uh, you know, using your help or, or other people to bridge the gap. If you need a creative solution, make sure you can complete on it. Don't put your deposit at risk and, you know, it'll work out six months later refinance. We've done a fair bit of that over the last year due to the credit crunch that was out there. I and mean, you and I have had many calls with Derek. He's been working really hard for us. So 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 keys uh so so uh, and again i know it might be a little bit early to to talk too deeply at this so you you can pass on this one but you know after you're able to get your occupancy up right now you know obviously some of this is going to depend on how long this uh this uh, economic crisis goes on for 
Do you see an opportunity for people to get into the residential real estate market, whether it's single units or a multi-unit situation? Is this something that you see there's going to be an opportunity there? Are you guys uh, being prepared for that to pick up any units? I know your model is primarily pre-sales, but maybe you can do a, a brief uh, overview as to what maybe even some of your counterparts are looking at right now. Yeah, so absolutely. Now, there's no doubt that now's the time to buy. It's just my situation where I'm holding a lot of new uh, vacant inventory that I need to fill, and I'm obligated to to do that before we put more on the plate. Uh, and I'm sure we will soon. For for example, Boxing Day uh, last year, we had 66-0 vacancies at our darkest hour across Canada. And uh, today, we have 18. So. Wow. You know, and and uh, like I mentioned a week ago, it spiked, you know, 12 units uh, in 48 hours. And, and then we fought it back down, uh, doing some interesting things like targeting uh, snowbirds and expatriates. Once the prime minister, once I saw on the news that he was calling everybody home, I put some money behind some targeted Facebook ads and probably filled half a dozen units right there of government people getting sent home from India or... Um, people coming home from Hawaii or where, wherever uh, to, to come back home. So, um, you know, it's definitely a buying opportunity. The number one buying opportunity right now in Canada, in my opinion, is Calgary. Uh, just for the amount of yield that you get on beautiful brand new properties in beautiful brand new master plan communities that are just incredible. You know, you're seeing signs on these development boards for starting from 199, uh, townhouses starting from 299, and it is, the best looking real estate, you know, in Canada looks like something that you might know from Willoughby or, you know, desirable new master plan communities like that. Um, Ottawa is a great market. You know, we've, we bought four townhouses there last year and saw already a $50,000 door bump on those conservatively. So, you know, that seems to be the market that's weathering the storm, but is also a nice market to invest in where you're getting them on a bit of a, you know, it's not such a, um, a dire straits where you can ride the upward curve. And that's what in hindsight, maybe I should have done in Calgary was, you know, loaded up, locked and loaded, you know, you spend 80% of your time sharpening the ax and 20% chopping down the tree. So get ready, get ready, and then buy, you know, 10 units in bulk, instead of uh, chipping away. But, you know, you can't buy 15 properties overnight. So the main thing is just get out there and take action. Um, right here in the Fraser Valley, there's incredible options. It reminds me of, you know, 2010 uh, in places like Abbotsford right now, there's a huge oversupply, in my opinion, coming of condos and townhouses. And I think you could probably scoop up a pretty good deal on, on some condos right now. Just, just being that uh, your goal is primarily a long-term hold, what makes you decide to maybe unload a property? And is that something you find yourself doing, especially since you have goals of, of like 40 in Calgary, for example, like what makes you look to unload a, a property? Yeah, great question, Dean. And I, I, I love thinking about this as farming. So, um, you know, Jim Rohn talks about the seasons of life, the seasons of business. And I, I just think about real estate as uh, farming and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's funny, each market that I mentioned is in a different stage, like one might be in winter, one might be in, you know, Calgary's in year three of a worst real estate winter since the 80s or worse. Um, Ottawa is in spring, but everybody there thinks it's fall. So, you know, and then it's, it's got to be a mature crop, like we'll hold, you know, between five and 13, 14 years in some cases. 
It also has to do with, you know, uh, some of our early properties, we're just waiting till our great tenant gives notice and we'll enjoy the ride until they give notice. We've got one in an unfurnished rental. He's been there nine years, never missed a payment, pleasure to deal with. That's beautiful investing compared to a, a corporate rental that you have to touch 30 times and, you know, maybe it's gone down 10 grand in value. So, you know, it's got to be mature. Um, you know, you can't be incurring transaction costs on two and three year uh, holds. There's the odd case where we'll do really well on appreciation and then get into some sort of a vacancy challenge and say, hey, you know, instead of subsidizing this thing, five, 10 grand, let's make a nice healthy profit. Yes, maybe it's come off peak. Although interesting enough in the Fraser Valley, we're selling at, you know, a couple points below peak pricing right now. For example, uh, we just sold a condo last month in a building called Edgebrook for 290. And at the very peak of the market in 2017, it was probably worth 305, 310 or something. So I'm happy with that result, seeing as how we bought it for 170 in 2010. And the mortgage has been paid down, it's cash flowed all these years. So it, it's just it's just farming and it's very slow. That's the beautiful thing about real estate is that it's not like a quick reaction. And, and if you miss the peak of the market, it's okay to sell a little bit after the peak of the market. It just means that you don't have multiple offers and craziness, but you know, you might, if it's a, the most important thing, one of the points I wanted to make was to have a jewel in the crown policy so that if the market is soft and you're trying to rent or you're trying to sell, you've got the top floor corner, you've got the quiet side of the building, you've got the one with the gated yard. You're not, you know, you got some advantage over the other three guys that are trying to sell in the building. Such a good point. Um, you know, as we uh, kind of run through a, a few more key points here, uh, one thing I've, I've heard uh, some pundits saying, and I, I think this is generally from financial advisors who maybe have a vested interest in getting people to uh, look at the liquid investments such as stocks and otherwise, is, is a lot of uh, warning, uh, saying there have been warning signs about Canadians in general being over leveraged. Now, uh, we're not talking about a lot of times we're talking about consumer debt. Today, we're, we're just talking about real estate debt. And, um, you know, when I hear about people saying that real estate investment is not a good idea, a lot of things they're saying is that, um, you know, why would you leverage yourself up to X, say 80% or uh, leveraging yourself up to that is a terrible idea because of things like this, because of these types of crises happening uh, and, and so forth. Now, my feedback to that really quickly is is quite simple and it's it's again buy to hold make sure you can withstand the storm uh put yourself in the long-term position and you will come out ahead and that's generally what i say to my clients but you know i still hear kind of that feedback and the fear from people there uh, you've obviously been through it you've you've dealt with now a, a financial crisis uh and and obviously just mentioned your low point there in february or december and, and fought back to where you're at today when people say that to you, what is your response to that? Yeah, well, I'm sure you've heard the old adage that you're only taking a loss if you sell uh, right now. You know, I've got a horror story from Red Deer where we bought uh, four, four cons zero down in 2009. They're worth substantially less today than uh, they were when we bought them because they were zero down ugly condos without laundry and, you know, just a rookie move, you know, buying on price instead of quality. Um, so, you know, sorry, Alex, what, what was the gist of your question? That's okay. That's okay. I was just, uh, just basically more or less just talking about the fact that, man, a lot of people out there are just suggesting that 
refinancing a property or accessing equity in your property yeah, purchasing the value. i wanted to make this this point so i agree that leverage you know 50 to 60 percent loan to value is a healthy place to be um you know it's great to have clear title properties too and a lot of people will swear by that and i 100 percent support that but you're either in wealth creation mode or you're in wealth preservation mode and i think it's very different you can tell when you talk to you know our dads they're in typically wealth preservation mode. Whereas in creation mode, man, when I was in my twenties, 5% down rentals left, right, and center, you know, I could make them cash flow because they were furnished. You find a way. Number one philosophy is just making sure anything you buy cash flows and you budget vacancy, you know, you budget for these times, you, you save it in the, uh, the up times, and then you just have to hustle harder in the down times. Like, I always like saying if vacancy rate is 20%, you got to be eight out of 10 guys rented. You know, it shouldn't be that hard if you got the best service and the best property and you do repairs and you give quick replies. And, you know, I've got a little bit of money from my Lira with uh, Raymond James and I put it there two years ago and, you know, it's worth quite a bit less than I, than I put in, although I'm not going to sell right now. So I'm not super worried or anything. Uh, you don't want to react, you know, Mr. Market's there to serve you, not command you the old Warren Buffett stuff, right? But um, I kind of regret taking that out of private mortgages, which is what I was doing before. You know, I would I would loan second mortgages to friends of mine in Winnipeg that were flipping houses and things, and I'm just much more comfortable in, in the real estate realm. And that's an interesting topic. I think we could have a second follow-up uh, conversation with you about that, because we can go in a lot of different ways about the private lending side of things and something we've been working on a lot. Uh, to show people the value of either investing or taking out a private mortgage and where where that opportunity is. Uh, you know, as we try to wrap things up here, uh, unless you have some other key points, um, and I'll let Dean jump in too. Um, there are some people that I've been talking to right now who who uh, are, are just starting out in the investing universe, and they're looking for a long-term hold rental. That's, that's kind of where they want to start, and a lot of people want to get their feet wet there, which is completely fine in my opinion. Um, if you were starting today, in today, this market, where things are at, um, first and foremost, uh, there, I got a couple of questions for you. Would you start today? So that's my first question. Uh, knowing what's going on, well, like, would you look into refinancing given the climate of what's happening? Would you go through there? And the second thing is, assuming you had to look because of most of our, our audience is local to the Vancouver, BC area, would you look in BC or would you step outside of BC? Uh, maybe a quick answer to both those questions. Sure, if I can remember them. So, um, <laughs> would if would you, if you were sitting there today watching this and you're listening or listening to this on the podcast, would you even think about looking into investing today or accessing your equity? Would you even consider it? Well, hundred percent. You know me, right? I'm I'm an optimist. I'm an action taker. Um, it's the best time. You know, when I started in 2006, it was a boom, and that's a bad time to be a beginner because you think it's going to go like that forever the the best time to start is in a balanced market or a buyer's market because it's named after you and i would look at uh abbotsford right now like i mentioned earlier i would go into the various developers of of the condo buildings there that are sitting on you know unsold units and i would try to put together a buyer's group with you know a few different people so that you can maybe buy three or four condos each do your own independent deal but get some buying power and then I would offer them full price and I would get some really creative terms like potentially GST included, extra parking, extra storage, 
maybe uh, um, you know some sort of a uh, credit towards your transfer tax on the statement of adjustments or legal fees because the next buyer is going to see that they just let four units go at full price they're not going to see all those terms so that's how you get a good deal uh, from from developers and you want to buy at two stages one is when they're trying to get their construction financing and they're very motivated to get that 40 or 50 percent sold the other point is when the building's built it's move-in ready and they're not moving that's called standing inventory and that's the situation in calgary right now so you know a lot of different opinions whether to buy local or not i i'm a supporter of local when you're starting i would start with a, a very basic rental you know you could buy a condo for 250 start small uh put 20 percent down and you know rent it and cash flow 200 bucks a month the mortgage rates are absolutely fantastic today compared to when I started in 2006, they were five and a half percent, six percent. That's so that that's phenomenal advice. Very good advice. I think, um, you know, man, like right off the bat, I just love, I love your optimism. It's, it's contagious. Uh, I'm happy to be on this, this, uh, this chat with you today, just for that reason alone. I, I mean, you know, as a group, you know, our, our partnership with Dean and, and Derek, who's not on today is, a lot of times it's, it's about finding where the opportunity is among the madness. And that's, and that's really where we're at right now and what's going on. So just to, you know, summarize that Abbotsford condos, uh, a good opportunity right there. Um, get into the market right now while other people are afraid. That's what I'm hearing as well. Uh, but if you want to expand your portfolio, uh, Calgary sounds like a great place to, to consider looking right now and uh, a place for people to kind of start digging into. Um, on that note, um, I got last couple questions for you, and I'll leave I'll leave it there. Uh, we have we have heard from a couple of our, our clients who do have investment properties amid what's going on right now, where their tenants are telling them they're unable to make payments. There's things going on, and and you know there's people that are saying they're going to get scarred from the from buying a future investment property. What would you say to the people who own those properties right now? Would you tell them to hang on? Would you, what would you say to them right now if they're in that position? Any advice at all? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. And obviously, it's unprecedented with what's going on. Um, my partner in Edmonton, who's on the weekly call, also manages a lot of unfurnished rentals. And he's really uh, sweating right now because he's expecting most of his tenants are not going to pay rent on the first so he's being proactive you know following your advice that you guys have been working hard to keep people updated with you know I, I one of my partners just got a six month deferral today where they just tack the interest on your mortgage uh, down the road you know you, you got to be proactive and do stuff like that uh, to protect yourself um, you know work with people right communicate uh, I really fear for landlords that you know for example they announced that they can't raise the rents well there's this whole condo insurance crisis and you know, thankfully at our furnished rentals we can reset the rates uh, every few months when people move out but I think all this news combined uh, could be a serious correction or um, at least flat market uh, in multifamily um, and it's a buying opportunity so you know you buy you you hold 10 years and and everything will will work out just great that's awesome yeah, just before, just before we break, I did have one question. We speak to a lot of clients every day and, and in particular a client um, that uh, has a lot of equity in their home. Um, I would say they don't live paycheck to paycheck. Like, what would be your advice to somebody like that that is maybe um, uneducated in, in regards to investing in real estate but wants to invest in real estate? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, you got to decide if you want to get educated and come out to the meetup groups and pick up the books and get on the podcast and, and have a hands-on approach. Or if it's really not your thing, then you got to look at partnering with somebody, doing a joint venture, you know, trying to find a really good property manager um, and use your equity because that's how, you know, 90% of my investors of the group of around 50 people, my core group, all, all did it all these years. And, you know, we always bought properties that could service the line of credit out of the cash flow. So it's kind of a no brainer. It's also tax deductible expense, as you guys know. Yep. And that's how most people do it, right? So that's, that's the means. And now we've got, you know, a school teacher, uh, my business, my original business partner's aunt, who got up to eight properties and now travels the world you know, on hikes and she's retired and then she gives local tours from the people she meets around the world come here. And, you know, I'm following her on Facebook all over the world. I think in large part, not to, uh, due to her pension, but due to the, the real estate joint ventures, you know, we'll, we'll refinance one, we'll sell one, um, gets a nice little kick of cash and, you know, we manage it yearly, try to watch her taxes and stuff. And, you know, that's what it's all about. I love that. That's, that's so key right off the bat is age should really have no impact on your ability to, to start this off and invest. Um, I think often uh, the people that uh, are missing out the most are those who are the quote unquote baby boomers that have all that equity right now. And, and, and I'm often trying to be an advocate to show them this opportunity that's out there. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to shut down here because we've got a fair amount of time and we're definitely going to have a request to have you back on the show again in the near future, Derek. Uh, any parting words on your end? Anything that you think people should know as we're going through these uh, crazy times right now or anything that you want to tell the world about your company or otherwise? Well, you know, I think it's important that we try to be kind and, and uh, understanding in these times, you know, follow the, the physical distancing rules uh, to the best that you can, but also you know, there's some critical business that has to go on carefully and you can't be paralyzed by fear. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get through this and just, you know, hang in there. I just have one last piece. Uh, you mentioned something that uh, interested me is that that buyer or that person that's looking to get into the market and, and invest some of their equity, but doesn't want, is scared to get educated on their own. But you mentioned, look for somebody that's willing to be a, a joint venture partner. Is that something that you continue to open your group up to and, and look for new partners or, and if not, where would you uh, advise somebody to go to find a joint venture partner that they can trust? Yeah. So, you know, yes, we are always uh, doing, doing deals. Like I mentioned, we're on a temporary pause, but this is our, our business for the next, you know, as long as I'm around anyway. So definitely always open to meeting people. And uh, we just did a limited partnership where accredited investors can participate in, in something like that. But the, the main groups that I know of is RAIN, the Real Estate Investment Network. I've been a member for 12 years or something. Uh, REAG, the Real Estate Action Group. Uh, there's, you know, obviously podcast is huge. You know, everybody's listening to that while they work out or driving to work or whatever. Podcasts like this. Uh, IPG and POCO, the Investors Performance Group and Cameron Manning and uh, the, all those guys. Those are the three that I pretty well go to locally. And then there's, you know, the real estate breakthrough broadcast out in Ontario. I went on that and got it. I actually met my Ottawa partner. He was listening to that. So quite often you listen to a podcast like this. That's how I met my partners in Langford on the island. You know, people that are climbers and already doing it um, reach out and we collaborate. 
There you go. A lot of ways, a lot of ways to find people. If you're somebody out there who's listening to this and you want to find out a little bit more about investing or becoming a partnership, just reach out to us and we'll, we'll work our best to help connect you to the right people uh, or at least uh, put you in the right direction uh, to make that best decision. Um, Derek, my man, we went from uh, super light. We couldn't see you to dark. We saw <laughs> beautiful mountains in the background. So I could see why you love it out there on the farm. Um, thank you so much again, my friend, for joining us. Uh, amid these times we're going to take your advice we're going to hang out at home uh, again thank you to our guys there at farm country brewing these guys are awesome even though uh dean missed out on his beer uh we're going to be happily drinking it over here for you derek we're going to get some over to you hopefully you're a beer drinker um <laughs> so you can have a little bit um in the meantime guys thank you so much for everybody else for uh, tuning into the show uh stay tuned we're going to continue to do this on a weekly basis even if we have to do it from our own house so thank you so much talk to you guys very soon thanks guys